All right, it's a Southern Rock Explosion. We're here with the Sam Morrison Band. I'm Sam. We got Bart Robley, the drummer for the band, and Steven Sinker, the guitar player, and we are on episode five. Episode five. Howdy, everybody. Rock and roll, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Tonight, we're talking about Southern Rock. What is Southern Rock to each one of us, and what influenced us, and what got us into wanting to play Southern Rock? That's what we're here for tonight. So, Sam, since your name is on the bass drum, (laughs) <laughs> the Sam Morrison band. What influence you'd play Southern Rock? Well, dude, growing up back in Ohio, it was it, Southern Rock was everything that was playing on the radio. I mean, that was the music of the time, and I mean Skinner and Molly Hatchet and the Outlaws. It was that. That's what I learned how to play guitar by listening to those records. I grew up in a time where it was I wasn't old enough to actually go see the real Leonard Skinner play. But right. at the same time, I mean, the influence was there. I it, there's some songs that that you just is the first time you hear it, you remember it. Yeah. And yeah. I remember the very first time I heard Freebird, and it was like, what well, was Freebird the first Skinner's tune that you heard? You know, I think it was. Well, I, I don't know if I, I may have heard some of the other stuff prior to that, but hearing Freebird is the one that really stuck in my head. Right. And. Right. Uh, you know, the 15-minute guitar solo, I'm just like, really? <laughs> That's just the coolest thing I'd ever heard. Well, on the Skinner, on the Skinner side of thing, the first Skinner song that I ever heard where I was just, I was like, wow, this is, this is really cool, was, was Three Steps. Yeah. And I was, a, a buddy of mine was a drummer in a band, and, and they were playing the, the high school battle of the bands, and they did Three Steps. And... I, I just remember the, the whole riff and the melody line, and, and still to this day when we play Three Steps, I, it takes me back, so that's, that's the first song, but yeah, Skinner was definitely a big, obviously, you know, if you're playing in a southern rock band, they're a big, huge influence. What about you, Steve? For me, the first thing was um, probably, uh, well, not probably, most definitely, uh, 38th Special, and seeing them on TV. Uh, dating myself here, man. All of us are familiar with those KTEL collections uh, that you used to see on TV, right? So Hold On Loosely was uh, part of one collection. They'd show a little video clip. I'm like, damn, these guys are pretty cool, man. And I caught them one time on a, uh, I think it was a Midnight Special or something, or Don Kirshner's rock concert. I remember and, Don Kirshner's. Uh, that was cool. Yeah, and it was like on, well, it was on a Saturday night at uh, 11 o'clock or midnight. Oh, midnight special, I guess it was a midnight. It was midnight, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, after uh, seeing that, I was I was I was hooked, man. I went out and bought out uh, Wild Eyed Southern Boys and were the piss out of that record. It's a great album. And it was a great record, Real man. Record. And uh, great album cover. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, <laughs> man. Yeah, and the Chinese guys on the backside too was kind of cool too. <laughs> I have no idea what that was about. Maybe it was just a bad case of allergies or something, but. Uh, <laughs> I was like, wonder what these cats are up to. But uh but anyway, I wore the piss out of that record. And uh after that it was Molly Hatchet, then I was kind of intrigued with uh you know, that Viking dude on the uh the horse or unicorn, whatever the hell that was. It was <laughs> some chick with some big big kahunas, man. It was like so how can you not be attracted to that? And I started digging into the music, and then, hey, this is some cool stuff, man. So, Well, you know, I think, too, growing up, the, the, for some reason, the Southern Rock bands had um, um, accessibility. It, it just seemed like they were one of us that made it. I mean, if you look on the, the One More From The Road record, they've got that one, um, there's one shot where it shows, like, the, the Fox Theater, and it says Leonard Skinner, and then it says Ronnie and, and Leon and Alan and Gary. 
It doesn't have their last names. It just has their first names. Right. And it, it just gives you that whole impression. It's like, oh, yeah, well, dude, that's that's Ronnie and Gary and the guys. They're playing down there, you know? And so there's always that connection like where it's like they, they felt like they were one of us rather than when you when you hear Led Zeppelin, I mean, it's it's always it's Jimmy Page and Robert Plant and Mick Jagger. Right. They're so far away and so inaccessible as like rock They made stars. it more personal that way. But, yeah, with something about the Southern rock bands, they just seemed like they were they were... I don't want to say like they were our friends, but they were they were they were like us. They came out of the same thing that we were, the same life we were living, and uh, you know they they seem like the neighborhood band. Very very down to earth and very yeah accessible. You know I I remember the first Leonard Skinner record that I bought. Since we're talking about Skinner so much, actually the first I usually when I was a kid the first record I would usually buy was a live record. But the first Skinner record I bought was Gold and Platinum. And in past episodes, you know, we talked about the album covers and stuff and, you know, old school album covers. I remember opening up, it was a double album set. And on the inside of Gold and Platinum, they had, it was like a cartoon renditioning of the band. Right? Oh, yeah, really yeah. poorly drawn picture of the band. And there was, you know, there was a drummer and a bass player and some backup singers and, and, and all these years later, here we are, you know, and we're, and I remember being a kid thinking, man, it'd be so cool to be in a band with that much sound, with that many voices. And again, all these years later, we're doing that, you know, and so to me, that was always something that really resonated, just, you know, having a lot of musicians and a big sound. And so that, that was important to me, you know. Oh, yeah, and a lot of the Southern rock bands back there had two drummers even. Oh, yeah. Well, dude, well, Charlie you... Daniels' band had two drummers. 38 Special had two drummers. Allman Brothers. Allman Brothers had two drummers. Yeah. I often wonder how that happened <laughs> back in the early days. Oh, yeah, well, so-and-so's a guitar player, so-and-so's a bass player. Well, he's a drummer. Oh, you're a drummer too? Yeah, come on, let's... Yeah, yeah, I was wondering about that too, man. Who, who came up with that? Well, I had read an interview, um, you know, being a drummer with with Charlie Daniels, and his big thing was that he wanted he wanted the power of two drummers, and he uh, he just liked that. And if you think about it, back in the day, they didn't. There wasn't good PA systems or miking systems, and like with gates and and. and <clears throat> compression like we have nowadays so they and the drummer was always competing with you know especially in a southern rock band where you have three or four guitar players they're competing with all those amps so the guys are back there just beating the hell out of the drums so you had two drummers and sometimes the allman brothers two drummers and a percussionist just to create all that rhythm for the guitars you know so that's kind of you know from my understanding that's where that came from you yeah. know it's from that that's cool stuff, man. Yeah, well, no, that makes sense. I mean, you know, the but, Doobie Brothers—they they still to this day, you know, two drummers. You know, yeah, that was the early '70s before um, the loud PA systems were really refined, man. That's a good point you brought up because I've, I never really thought of it that way. It was like, yeah, well, why have two drummers? And that makes a lot of sense, you yeah. know. So you had to keep up with the uh, the hundred watt guitar amps, man. <laughs> well, that, and, well, and it, and and you know, and this is not necessarily southern, but you know, when you think about drums back in the day, that's why John Bonham, that's why he played such big drums, and he didn't have any muffling, <clears throat> in, you know, just the volume thing, you know, and so and he was those, a hard hitter, man. Oh, dude, and he yeah, he beat the hell out of him, man. He beat him like they owed him money, and and then but the southern rock bands was like, well, let's just take two drummers. And, and, again, like they and just just go for it, man. And, Two drummers, and three the... guitar players, three chick backup singers. <laughs> well, obviously they weren't really worried about splitting up the <laughs> 
splitting up the money at the end of the gig. <laughs> I knew they were going to be broke, so why not? Just get, let's, let's sound go good. It, Make it sound good. And it did. It sounded great, man. I mean, and that's why I love having a big band. I mean, it just yeah. it, it fills up the space so much. For me, it's always been about that big band. Lots of sound and, and a cohesive group of musicians coming together to play one song. I mean, we all know, you know, that can be impossible with three people, you yeah. know, much less. 20 right you know, you right. know or eight you know it's, yeah yeah cool stuff bigger is better but uh you know what we haven't done this in a long time and uh this is the first weekend we, we went back to our roots all stripped down we're typically what seven or eight piece band yeah and uh <laughs> just the four of us you know the rest of the band had things going on couldn't make it so uh christmas season it was christmas season it is christmas it season. is christmas season and um just the four of us getting together just like we did on you know in the beginning yeah you know i miss the whole big band sound but just for a change of pace once in a while man that was a kick in the ass just to get oh yeah you know crank up the amp extra loud and uh get to uh be a little bit obnoxious on the mic and blow out my pipes so (laughs) that was good that was fun that That made us work harder you hear the holes you gotta fill them yeah you gotta fill them man (laughs) exactly beat the piss out of the ride symbol (laughs) i think another cool thing that about southern rock bands i always dug as a kid too is is it always seemed like that the the guys in the southern rock bands were friends I mean, yeah. Charlie Daniels would jam with Marshall Tucker Band, and you know, Charlie Daniels was friends with Leonard Skinner, and, and they all kind of like was in this this tight knit group, man. Exactly. Yeah. Where in other kinds of music, it wasn't like that. It's like you know, the Way Stones didn't like the Beatles, yeah. and you know, it right? Was, it was there's always this. Well, there's always an underlying competition, but those guys were just you know. Well, Charlie Daniels in his music, he writes about those bands. He talks about, oh, yeah. you know, he talks South's about the South's gonna do it again. The South's gonna do it again. You know, he talks about Leonard Skinner. He talks about the Allen Brothers. He, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I think that that's cool. You know, and I think there's always. I, I don't care if you're if you're you know in a rock and roll band or you're a, a painting contractor. You're always gonna have competition, but there's no reason to to not be friends with your with your you know your fellow musicians i mean mean, look how many how many bands have we made friends with over the years while we're on tour with the guys in judge jackson man jj and the guys man love Love those guys guys, man jj has that new band bow and the blues drivers and and yeah you know that's just with the preacher stone guys i mean those guys are awesome the guys are new friends too man and uh there's you know and even when i was doing country there was always a sense of competition between the bands and i mean like they smile to your face but as soon as you turn around they'd say what a dog you were kind of a thing you know well hey cutthroat for gigs and that sort of stuff but in the southern in the southern rock thing, it just doesn't seem to yeah, be. Yeah, more way. of the southern bands tend to uh, band together more so, and you don't you don't see that in rock bands so much either. Like on the Hollywood scene, man, with oh, you and me were no. playing. You know, those you talk about cutthroat business, man. Yeah, you know. And think it, think about that. Think about what the the band that we just mentioned. I mean, think about Preacher Stone. We played that show with those guys. In, it was South Carolina, right? It was yep. South Carolina. Yeah, it wasn't it was South Carolina, and the the promoter to the show um, had made some mistakes, and they didn't, and they were supposed to provide backline for us, and they didn't. The guys in Preacher Stone, well, here, just use our gear. You oh know? yeah, yeah. You know, we just showed up. It wasn't up and, even a thing. Yeah, you just here play our stuff, and dude, that's that's unheard of. You know, that's unheard of. You yeah, know, really they were cool very guys. cool. Yeah, very cool. Way guys. cool guys, and wielding that big ass PA and everything, and. 
Yeah, we gave him a big old bottle of something. Uh, and uh, yeah. you a bottle of something that had a black and white label, I think it was. And it from was my very, uncle Jack. From our uncle Jack. Our uncle Jack. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, well, speaking of all these bands that have been influences, I mean, Charlie Daniels has been one of our biggest influences. Well, one of mine personally. And um, one of the songs that we did on our album uh, was definitely had a Charlie Daniels bend to it. Let's go ahead and play some music now. This is our song, Say Your Prayers. And uh, it's got a definite Charlie Daniels stamp on it. Check it all out. And you will hear this only on DixieRock.com. <laughs> Say 
So that was Say Your Prayers by the Sam Morrison Band here on alldixierock.com. Uh, and again, we're just talking about just Southern rock in general today. And, and uh, I don't know, another cool thing about the, um, the... Another thing I like about Southern rock is just the gear. Dude, it's just pure, pure tone. Les Pauls through a Marshall. It don't get no better than that. <laughs> Ditto that, man. <laughs> But yeah, a lot of the guys. I mean, that's that's what they played. I mean, Les Pauls, Gary Rosington. Well, Les those Paul. guys back in the day, man, it was PV amps that those guys used to use. Um, yeah, thirty-eight special. And when I first started getting into playing guitar, I didn't even know what a Marshall amp was. It, to me, it was just like PV because that's all the Southern rock guys play. And that's right. originally what I started off on is playing the uh, the Southern rock stuff, but it migrated into metal, and that's a whole other story. Didn't Gary Rosington play? PV2, isn't that? Well, no, all, yeah, Skinner had a PV endorsement for I understand, the very beginning. Yeah, a lot of those guys did. And Yeah, because Hartley's out of Mississippi. Mississippi, so yeah, that Meridian, was, Mississippi, yeah. 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 I understand. yeah, he endorsed all those guys. A lot of that stuff was, I, <laughs> I, I don't know how true it is, but I've heard there's like Marshalls and PV cabinets, though, that <laughs> a lot uh, of those bands be. wind up using. Well, I don't too. know, those, those PVs have a real distinct tone, though, man. They. yeah. You, you can tell that's definitely not a Marshall amp. Those those have a distinct tone. Yeah, you know, and uh, thirty eight special stuff for sure. You know. Well, let me let me ask you this: You're talking about Charlie Daniels, okay? The 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 um, you know, say your prayers is influenced by Charlie Daniels. Now, to me, again, what I was saying a minute ago, rock and roll was born in the South, right? Right. And, and so I think of Elvis Presley, Jerry Lee Lewis. I mean, even Johnny Cash, you can go into country and go to the Outlaws, Waylon, and stuff like that. What is it about Charlie Daniels' band that that influences the most, Sam? What is it? Because a lot of times you've said we kind of model SMB after Charlie Daniels' band. What is it that influences you the most about Charlie Daniels' band? Well, you know, in the beginning, it was it was the music. So, I mean, I loved the everything Charlie Daniels did. I thought was amazing. What was but the first tune that drew you towards that man? To Charlie Daniels, yeah, uh, Uneasy Rider. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. A, yeah. I was taking yeah, a yeah. trip out to L.A. Yeah. Oh, dude, that was a great song. Just a cool story. It's funny. Well, that's part of it. There's story songs. I mean, even when you talk about "Give Me Three Steps," I mean, there's a story in that song. Yeah. It's not just a, oh, you know. My baby left me, and you know that kind of a thing. No, I mean, it was a little fat fellow with his hair color yellow. Right. Yeah. <laughs> going down, cutting the rug, man. Exactly, exactly. Well, dude, that's even like the Allen Brothers whipping post, you know, or one way out, you know. Yeah, there ain't no is... way I'm going out that front door. <laughs> no way. Might be your man down there. <laughs> These are stories, man. These are stories. Open up your window, baby. Yeah. I can ease out slow. <laughs> well, and with Charlie, I mean, Legend of Wooly Swamp. Yeah, uh, you know, Devil, oh, went, great song, Devil went down to Georgia. I mean, you know. Well, that's when I first heard him. Yeah. Or Charlie was, well, because it was all over Top 40 Radio, and that's what I was listening to back then. I mean, I was a kid, yeah. you know, 10, 11 years old when that came out. And uh, Devil Went Down to Georgia, and then Wooly Swamp came out after that. Right. And I was like, hey, this is pretty cool shit. And then after that, then the whole snowball, the whole snow, it all snowballed. And then 38 after that, and then Muckley Hatchet. 
Yeah. And it was kind of mainstream for a while, man. Yeah, and you know, and you know. with Southern rock songs, you know what the songs are. I mean, still, what is Stairway to Heaven? What <laughs> What is that what is that song about? It's about a lot of things. Oh, I right? <laughs> to me, to or the me, immigrant it, song. I mean, what are those guys talking about? I you know, but in the Southern rock song, there's no there's no doubt about it. You know, this is Yeah. Ronnie's they, they, dancing they with stories, the, right, Ronnie's right. dancing with somebody else's girl, and it's not a good thing. <laughs> Cutting rug, didn't even kiss her. The old man got pissed off and wanted to whoop his ass. <laughs> Don't go to the jug. Yeah. <laughs> Don't go with the little brown jug, man. I I always liked, uh, you know, I liked I liked all the the two things that I was always drawn to, and again, I think just growing up around that style of music for me, I always liked the. At the, early on, I didn't even realize it, but the musicianship, you know, you oh, just yeah. kind of everybody man they just played so well and then and again the, the storytelling and and all the voicings i always thought that it was cool um the different voicings that you know you had a guitar player and then a piano player and a fiddle player maybe sometimes a mandolin player you know just all those different sounds yeah you know well you know I, I i'm trying to remember who it was that said i think it was ed king uh skinner's guitar player that said skinner's music was complex simplicity and I, I think that that sums it up exactly perfect. I mean, you've got three guitar players all going off at the same time, but not getting in each other's way. Dude, that takes... Playing the same thing, but different parts. Yeah, yeah. Right. Weaving in and out. And, yeah. you know, it's not just three guys banging power chords. You know what I mean? It's right. there, There's parts when you listen to these songs. And, uh, yeah, I mean, musicianship. Steve Gaines, come on. Let's talk oh, about guitar players. Fantastic guitar player, man. That guy was amazing. Well, all those guys. I mean, yeah, the, the guys in the Outlaws, Huey Thomason. You listen to solos uh, on Green Grass and High Tides. Yeah. It still blows Every me away to this day, man. Oh, yeah. Everybody seemed to have their, <clears throat> you know, they had their, their Leonard Skinner formula. You know, they all had, they all wanted to write their Freebird and, and Green Grass <laughs> and High Tides for the Outlaws. Well, that's, you know. that anthem, yeah. yeah I mean, you know, they, they Molly got, Hatchett's got... Uh, I would say they succeeded, man. Oh, <laughs> dude, totally, totally. That was their free bird. Yeah, well, look at Blackfoot with, with Highway Song, yeah, right? That's I mean, right? Everybody great had, their, had their, their free bird. Well, you know, and when we wrote Peacekeepers, that right? was that was yeah. my whole thing behind that solo at the end of Peacekeepers. Yeah, exactly, write your free bird, you know, and 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 it's, it's definitely set that formula for being able to play and 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 i think that's that's just so cool you know it's oh, just, yeah. yeah it's it really it, it it stretches you as a musician you know well kind of getting getting back to that question you asked me about the charlie daniels thing too i think in the beginning it was his songs and it was just you know they were i just i loved it but as i grew older and started running the band myself and, and being in the business it's just charlie daniels just a man of integrity everything he does and everything that Everything about his organization is top class. When Charlie says something, that's there's no guessing. I mean, that's what he means. Yep. And he's uh, that. That's why I wanted to base what we do around what he, you know, about his model. I mean, uh, it's he, he's the best. 
And, you know, for, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that I speak for everybody in the band, but I, I, I think that we are all, I know we're all on the, on the same page as far as just the way we feel about this incredible country, America, that we live in and, and things like the Constitution and the Second Amendment and the, and the things that, that we all stand for, yeah. you know, uh, you know, that's something that I think is, it runs deep in the threads of, of Southern rock and, that whole thing, you know, Americana, right? You know, and anyway, that's that's my opinion. That's the way I feel about it. You know, know. I couldn't agree more, man. I think this whole band is on the same page, uh, as far as that go. All, uh, all American pro constitution, um, live free or die, man. You know. Yep. There you go. Totally. Well, there was another song that we recorded a while back, Steve-O, that uh, kind of has well, <laughs> fallen right into that category of of. of uh, the big guitar solos at the end and that sort of thing. But why don't you tell us about Gunsmoke? Gunsmoke, um, the song Gunsmoke, that was inspired by our trip to um, Oklahoma. Um, we visited um, the actual place. was The Hangin' the, Judge. The Hangin' Judge in uh, Oklahoma, where they still have the gallows to this day. And uh, we visited it out there. And um, I purchased a book that told the whole history about the Trail of Tears and um, just basically the whole West in in general. I was just really inspired by it and uh, just couldn't help but uh, writers write. So I just ended up writing about that song. It's called uh, When the Gun Smoke Clears. And uh, here are these Indians, peaceful. They're not savages at this point. You know, most people think that, oh, these guys are living at teepees and they're on the east-west and disrupting everything, but just minding their own business. Here comes Andrew Jackson with his, you know, Indian Removal Act and uh, wants to round everybody up and march them back east. And that I read that. I couldn't believe it. I was like, you've got to be kidding me, man. <laughs> it was coming up on the dead of winter. They're crossing um, rivers and breaking up families, people are dying, and it is it is just a sad point of uh, American history. So I just had to write about it, and that's what Gunsmoke is about. So in true Southern style. In true Southern style, yes, it is. So. <laughs> All right, let's let's take a listen to Gunsmoke. Y'all can hear what we're talking about.
of hunger turned to starvation They watch the young ones die as the elders cry Forsaken lies and false salvation Well, the strong survive, the spirit never died In spite of all the complications Well, the white man lied as he justified The sentence of an innocent nation Bite the bullet and pay the price One man still standing fighting hard for his tribe His fingers on the trigger, you better think hard Your decision is forever, hope you chose the right card When the gun smoke That was Gunsmoke by the Sam Morrison Band. Good job, Steve-O. Yeah, well, it's a great song, dude. Well, thanks, man. You know, <laughs> it was definitely inspired by a little bit of uh, American history. So Awesome. Well, again, turning this full circle back to back to the Southern Rock thing, uh, Blackfoot. Let's talk about those guys. Oh, yeah. Ricky Medlock, man. Dude. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, but yeah, Blackfoot, yeah. Well, that was another one of those bands. The first time, the first time you hear, uh, the first time I heard Train Train. Oh, Train Train and then Highway Song. Oh, right after that, song, yeah. always back to back. Oh, man. dude, that, that whole harmonica thing at the very beginning of Train Train, dude. That's that still was the coolest me. thing I've ever heard. It still intrigues me to this day. Does that not just sound like a chugging along locomotive? Oh, or I know. What, man? It, I mean, <laughs> but just the influences. Though, I mean, that that was another song that really made an impact. So much so that you know, I always thought about. Um, that song and, and and redoing it and i thought you know what would be really cool is to do a slide guitar at the beginning instead of the uh 
harmonica. the harmonica thing yeah. and that's kind of what we did we're gonna go ahead and play that one for you now as we uh we finish this episode up this is our version of train train all dixierock.com and thank you guys for tuning in and listening to us and uh paying attention to what we do we'll see you next time bottoms up salute and keep the jack daniels a-flowing